Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about making email work for you. Yes, we're doing this because I want to learn more. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure everyone listening to the show knows we're both big email fans. And uh, I'm a big fan of automation with the email list. I think the email list is the most important piece of my business. It's the, the thing I would, if I had to throw everything away, the last thing I would throw away is email. Uh, and... Well, so you had a story that you you needed to do some work in your convert kit yeah. installation. So let's let's start there. Yeah, so I I had to update a whole bunch of things in ConvertKit for my updated website. And so I was creating new sequences, I had some new downloads, and you know, I don't go deep into ConvertKit on a regular basis and you know, I was deep in it and they'd changed some things since the last time I did it. So, um I was I was complaining to Jonathan and um, and I got an advanced listen and it's now up and live on Ditching Hourly with Jason Resnick and I just I have to I have to first recommend that if you really want to geek out about email it it, it does go pretty deep on some stuff but they kept me I was with them the the whole way so totally that would be a great idea but so um, so part of what I was trying to do is. I was trying to make sure, because I have now five downloads on my site, and those are all lead magnets. And I wanted to make sure that somebody that's in one lead magnet, and there's a sequence attached to that, and then elects another one, doesn't get both sequences. Because especially if they signed up for all five, they could literally get <laughs> five emails in a day, and they would think that was crazy and uns yeah, unsubscribe. and it does happen, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so... I mean, it was, I was laughing because I was trying to test this and I have, you know, so many email addresses I was testing this with. And then I got this like random email on the third day that you're supposed to get as the seventh email. And I'm like, what? So I, anyway, I figured it out. I fixed it. But my point is in all of this, the thing that really struck me when I was listening to, to you and Jason is uh, his comment about it, this needs to be simple. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, not that it was a light bulb moment exactly, but I was kind of clapping from the cheap seats. I think that, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, for people like most of us who are not, who don't totally geek out at the idea of, of email automation, really what we want to do is we want this to make sense. We want it to work for us. We want it to, um, to engage people in our revolution or engage them in, you know, buying things from us, learning things from us. So anyway, that's, that's my, that's my opener. Yeah, I, we probably, I, I probably buried the lead a little bit here. Cause like, why does this matter? And the reason it matters, especially for soloists is that if you're in the business of changing people's minds or trying to help them reach some transformation or turning on light bulbs for them, it, it's a, it, it's a, pretty good strategy to do it slowly over time, it's sort of like drip information out in digestible bits until finally it clicks rather than, you know, maybe writing a 45 page ebook and having someone download it and never getting past the first page if they open it at all. So the, the beauty of, of email in general, even if you were just mailing them directly, the beauty of email in general is that you can do that very easily. You can write these little chunks of these little tidbits of information, maybe a couple hundred words, and it just pops up in their inbox every day. It takes them 60 seconds to read it and think and like, oh, okay, get me thinking, get me thinking. You're showing up for them every day with a little bit of information. 
So in order to do that, in order to do that, if that's something that you think makes sense for you, you kind of have to automate it. So like, I feel like I, I we mm, talked about yeah. putting automation in the title of this episode, and I kind of didn't want to because I feel like it scares people off. It seems like impersonal and robotic, but really what you're, but you, you need a little bit of it uh, to, you know, mm. keep things simple and you just need a little bit of it in order to take out the human error piece of like, of, of like, whoops, I fat fingered the you know, receiver list here. And I just spammed a whole bunch of people that didn't actually opt in for this particular thing or, you know, whatever you, you go on vacation or something happens, you can't get to it that day. Having, having things scheduled in advance and set to go out on a particular schedule is really, really useful from an impact standpoint, because at, you can help people for free at scale. So like I say that all the time, help people you like for free at scale and using a little bit but keeping it simple, using a little bit of automation, email automation, is just huge bang for the buck. I mean, like I said at the top, I'm a giant fan of email for lots of reasons, but it's just incredibly effective. And, you know, until people stop checking their inboxes, it's going to continue to be effective. So the the experience, and we talk about this on the, the Ditching Hourly episode with Jason, both he and I, being recovering web developers, when we first jumped into these tools it was like i'm gonna use every piece of this tool i'm gonna like <laughs> i'm gonna tag every event i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to customize the experience for every different type of individual and and it's really about giving the reader the right information at the right time like the information that they need right now and not overwhelming them with stuff that they don't need yet or it doesn't apply to them and you find out pretty quickly when you set up this gigantic Rube Goldberg machine that you either can't understand what you built, you can't read the information. There's no good way for you to like process mm -hmm. the information to make decisions. And, and I guess part of the, I mean, it's automation. You, you shouldn't be updating it every day. So it wouldn't be really doing its job. So you kind of want to set it and forget it to a certain extent, yeah. you know, check back yeah. in periodically, but you want to set it and forget it. And so when you come back to it, this was my experience, I come back and I'm like, I don't even know how this works or if it's working. Like I haven't gotten any complaints, but like are, are the right people getting it? So, yes. um, so I scaled way, way back. But that's why I have this document too. I want to put those two things together. Yeah. No matter how simple it is, create something somewhere, whether it's a visual aid or like in my case, it's this connects to this, connects to this, and this is what it means when they get this tag. Because you just, you don't actually want to have to remember this. If you if you have to remember it and play with this on a regular basis, I would find a way to outsource that. I, I, th I think it's fair to say you cannot remember it. It's it's like you're not doing it every day. You wouldn't, why would why, you remember Why it? would you? Unless you're like, even every week, you'd have to have something new happen in your business every week that you want to want, want to introduce, like a new product or a new idea that feels excessive. Mm hmm. Yeah. So the I think I think if you haven't, I'm trying to decide who to talk to here, like, like, if you haven't started with email at all, and you're building an authority business, I, I would I would rethink that or maybe now's the time. But we've done episodes about that in the past, I mm -hmm. think. So I don't, I don't really want to beat the drum for like, you should really be sending email. There's all sorts of good reasons, at least weekly, but perhaps more frequently. We've definitely talked about that ad nauseum. So once you get started, I think the the easiest way to get started is to just have, you know, a simple opt-in and it just goes to like your 
whatever your broadcast is, they use different terms in different platforms, but it's like your weekly or daily or whatever the frequency is. It's like your thought for the week or your thought for the day. Your main list, your your highway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're on the highway. Right. I call it my central broadcast. And you can just start doing that. You're not going to probably have explosive list growth. So you can, you know, you're not, it's too soon to optimize it. You're still getting your legs under you, understanding the tool and how it works making sure that, you know, debugging things like people will email me, used to email me and be like, the text is too small or like, I, you know, it, for some reason it's black text on a black background, stupid stuff like that. And you can get all that stuff worked out while you have sort of, a, you know, lower numbers on your list. And then after that, after I was in the habit, then I would start thinking about optimization types of things, which is where the, the real first, the real first automation starts coming in. So like with a daily list, you're probably going to have some scheduling, but it's not really automation. I would I mean, I guess it is technically, but that's pretty straightforward. Anybody that's ever scheduled a blog post or a tweet or whatever will understand that concept. But once you start thinking, okay, I want to do something to increase the number of people who are receiving this information. I want more subscribers so that I can spread my message, change more minds. And then you start thinking about things like either something like a lead magnet, or um, maybe you're going to go on a podcast tour and you've got like a podcast tour landing page. So that you would send people to at the end of your interview, maybe you're doing webinars. Those are the three big things. It's like, it's like go on other people's shows or, or maybe guest blog or something like that. Basically go on someone else, go in front of someone else's audience and uh, maybe do webinars. Cause that is, that, that can be really useful for certain markets. Um, or some kind of a lead magnet or a freebie or whatever you want to call it, where someone comes to your site, they hear about this five page proposal template or value price, you know, a value pricing bootcamp or something like that. And they go, Oh, that sounds interesting. And it's got a discreet, short promise that it makes. It's like, if you, if you, you know, give me your email address and 15 minutes or 10 minutes or the next, you know, five minutes over the course of the next three days, whatever the promise is. And it's like, uh, it's time boxed kind of. It's not like just signing up for a daily list forever and ever, amen, or until you unsubscribe. It's like got this discreet deliverable, this discreet benefit that you're supposed to get from it. And you know what your investment is. Your investment is like your email address, you know, l- letting me into your inbox or letting someone into your inbox and and putting approximately this much time into it for a particular result. So it's an easier transaction to react to from a air quotes buyer standpoint, even though they're not giving you money. Uh, so that's, I think that's why the same thing with a webinar, um, webinars, the same thing. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to do 30 minute workshop on whatever, uh, the key sections of my five page proposal template, the most, the most critical aspects of the five page proposal template X, Y, and Z. And by the end, you'll know exactly how to run a sales interview so that you can fill out these sections instead of staring at a blinking cursor. Like, okay. I'll come on a 30 minute webinar about that. And then at the end, you're like, okay, if you know, you're going to get an email with these slides. And if you want to uh, stay subscribed, then I'll go into more depth about the remaining sections of the template over the email, email list. And it's like, you can get your head around that. It's like, okay, that's, that's a commitment that I'm willing to make for this promise. And then hopefully you deliver on it and then they want to stay on and then they get onboarded into your regular list. 
Well, and I just want to make sure we drop in this idea of a of a welcome or nurture sequence because it's sort of implied there, but mm-hmm. it, there sometimes what you want is you want to bring them into your world, and that means you know describing some terms and kind of getting them on the same page with how you think about um, your particular issue. So you're you're bringing them in in a very nurturing, welcoming way. I think that's yeah. really important when we're talking about expertise, authority. Yes, I, you're right. I, I was not making that explicit. So for so let me just like meta tag that the the webinar thing I just talked about. So if somebody has never been on your list before, they come in to see this webinar about like the three key sections of a five page proposal template, right? So they're obviously interested in that. And then in my case, and I think yours is a little different. In my case, the follow up emails they would get from that would be specific to that thing that they indicated they're interested in. Like this is the thing that they need right now. And at the end of that, once I would, you know, I would say something like, Hey, you know, I hope this has been helpful. If you have any further questions, please just hit reply or, you know, like, how can I make this better? Uh, and Oh, by the way, you're going to get moved over to my daily list. You can unsubscribe right here, but you're going to get moved over to my daily list, which talks about X, Y, and Z. And you can expect to get these things from it. And, when they after they get that email, if they don't unsubscribe, they get like two weeks of daily emails that just orient them to kind of like Ditcherville general topics, like the big planets mm-hmm. in my content solar system. So they're still not on the main list. They're on like a an orientation. I think of it as an orientation sequence that is like, yeah, it's like 14 or 15 emails about the the pillar topics that I discuss before they get into the dropped into the kind of random this is what happened to me today and how it relates to your business type of stuff. So yeah, yeah that's What's, what's interesting important. about that though is that you cuz you can have you can have a welcome sequence that's very much about the download and then you put them onto sort of another off ramp um that as I was listening to you, I was hearing that in three pieces. I was hearing, here's the thing about the thing you just downloaded. Here's mm-hmm. the thing about my view of the world. And then the third one is to the to the regular list, the main yep. list or the highway, mm-hmm. um, as, as Jason was calling it, which I, I like that a lot. So you've got yeah. on ramps and off ramps, but ultimately you're all coming back to the highway. Yep. Yeah. And that that's it's exactly like that in my mind. It's these three three chunks. You know, so but the subject for I, I think the the thing to keep in mind here, the cautionary tale is, it's really easy to overcomplicate this at the beginning, and think that you need to know every every move each person <laughs> makes to get it, uh, you know, customized to the situation, and it can rapidly boil over. You know, you just be like, I don't know if this works or how it works, or if I'm sending thirty emails to people every day, depending on like people can get into these weird kind of like infinite loops it's like they're stuck on the clover leaf to use the highway metaphor they're stuck on the on the roundabout (laughs) and they're like (laughs) uh where do i get off what am i doing and then you you don't want that's not helpful for anyone no so in, in in my experience the none of the systems i've seen which is fairly limited but none of them have a good um interface for like comments like making notes to yourself you can't say like oh i deleted this because of blah 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 and like have it right in the interface so it's just really hard to keep the stuff organized and and leave little breadcrumbs or reminders to yourself for like how it works or why it works. So, you know, for, I mean, just like a little anecdote, um, as we're recording this, 
we're like six days away from the next uh, pricing seminar launch. Um, and and at, part of my procedure every time it launches is to buy it. You know, I use like a, a 100% off coupon, so I buy it. And then I track the progress through the whole onboarding experience to make sure that, it, first of all, that it didn't break because a lot of these platforms change over time. So first I make sure it didn't break. And to make sure that the content is still accurate, like there might be a date in there that's out of date, or there might be something I changed about the course that's out of date, or whatever the case may be. And I trace the automation from my website to Moon Clerk, where the purchase is made, into Zapier, where the purchases event is recognized. And then what, what does Zapier do? Okay, it goes over to Drip and it tags them. And then what does Drip do? And it's like, okay, Drip does this. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they're supposed to get, you know, the sequence. And and if you've got like, I mean, that's not my list. Like this has nothing to do with my list. This is just me not wanting to hire an assistant. So I built <laughs> this sequence of events, this dominoes that are supposed to, you know, you just want to make sure all the dominoes fall the way they're supposed to, and it doesn't doesn't get off track halfway, um, so that you don't want to get lost in your own logic. So it's like, it's, so it, it takes some time to set this stuff up. It takes some time to test it, you know, once or twice a year, however often you're running the thing. Um, but, you know, I, I was joking before the show, if I, if I didn't use automation to do stuff, I would have to hire and train someone to do all these things. And then there would, of course, there'd be human error. Maybe the person would quit and I'd have to get someone new and replace them every time. And it, it's, even though it can be a little bit complicated or seem complicated or seem like a lot of work, especially if you're not technical, I think it's actually less work because the alternative is getting some kind of assistant hiring and training someone and keeping them busy all the time or whatever. And, and maybe you're at the scale where you can do that, but I just, that's not an approach for me. So having a little bit of simple automation that you can trace through or have documented like you do is really a huge leverage. It's like a huge lever that you can use to help more, you know, focus on what you're good at and the kind of administrative stuff you know, nine times out of 10 just takes care of itself. Every once in a while it blows up, but, <laughs> you know, well, so do employees. Yeah. Let me, let me kind of lob on to two of the two things that were, that you sort of said. Um, and one is that with the, with the, what I think of as basic automation, like what you were talking about is that it's still important that you know what it has to do. So you can, you can outsource this, whether it's to a VA or to, you know, a specialist kind of person that does this stuff, but you still want to know exactly what it does because these are your people and you want your messaging to follow your brand, to follow the way you want them to be treated. The other thing I was really struck by when you were describing um, the the sort of the sequence of events in the automation for, for your pricing seminar is that you're looking at it from the buyer experience. And to me, that's what's so powerful about this, about any of this, is that it's why I always send these sample emails to my email because I want to see what it's like to get them as a client or a buyer. Like, what does it feel like to see this? And I always change things. There's just something different about when you look at it from the buyer's 
point of view. And it's not just yeah. about making sure that everything works. That's obviously that's important. That's like job one. But the other part of it is, is it consistent with how I want them to feel as they come into whatever this experience is that you're creating, whether it's just I'm going to get this simple download or whether it's I'm buying this course and there's seven automations to get me actually into the place where I can start participating. Mm-hmm. I, that's the power of this stuff, really, is that yeah. you can design what it is you want them to to feel and do and experience. And then you can figure out, you know, what buttons and levers do you have to push to get there? Right. And to your point, if if it doesn't sound like fun to you to do that, you can totally outsource the setup of the automation. Um, what I was talking about, the the not having the automation at all though means you're going to be you're going to have to hire someone to do it manually yeah. and that's Ugh. just fraught with it's just so error prone you know and it's not instantaneous that's the other thing about having someone do it for you like i'm not talking about set it up for you i'm talking about actually send these emails for you so like i could have an assistant who i give like login to my payment platform and as they see the emails come through it's just their job to email that person, welcome them and say, here's the, here's the information you need and like have no automation at all. Uh, but that, that wouldn't be instantaneous. I've got people buying from around the world in the middle of the night and they would have to wait like hours to get a confirmation email or hours to get their login information. And like, I don't, I don't want that. You know, I want someone who's, I want air quotes, someone who's on duty 24 <laughs> hours a day to respond to these folks in a very timely fashion. And, and, you know, so it's like you can have, so I just wanted to make the distinction between the, the higher outsourcing, the setup of the automation versus outsourcing the work, which I, I don't even think, I don't know if anybody's even cons- would consider outsourcing the work, but um, that would be, to me, that's, that's just not, not good bang for the buck. Well, you know, I was as I was just listening to that, is we are so conditioned to get immediate gratification when we buy something. We immediately get an email that says, thanks for buying this. And here it is. And it's being shipped tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're so conditioned to that. So when you don't see that, mm-hmm. it, it starts uh, questioning the whole level of trust yeah. you have with this person. Right. Did I just throw my money down the toilet? Like what? I get no... Like I get maybe a confirmation from Stripe and that's it? Like no login, nothing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had this happen recently when I hired somebody for a one-shot deal and, you know, I paid the money and then you, you, I thought you went to their calendar, but it didn't. It's like, oh, I'll contact you about setting up a meeting. And I waited three days and I'm like... (sighs) Really? And I wasn't worried that this was some kind of a sham. I mean, this was somebody who was fairly well visible. You know, I didn't think it like I got taken, but I sent the note and I didn't have the proper email address. It was like, it was a really, it took like a, a week, like five business days to get um, connected and on a calendar mm. when I thought I was going to have it right away. And it did, it did make me think about the trust issue and could this person do what I need them to do if they couldn't get that right? Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah, it's all of this. I mean, I, I hate to keep beating this drum, but it's kind of like the brand experience, right? It's what do you want people to experience as they go through these different things with you? And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody gets it right all the time. We're going to make mistakes, but if we're lucky, we've built enough trust that people are like, Oh, I get it. No problem. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and so I guess we, we sort of veered into a little bit of like uh, sales support and follow-up and, you know, selling products and the email automation that happens around that, which which maybe is a little bit more of a no-brainer. Um, but to bring it back to sort of authority building, I mean, it's all related because it's because for the brand reasons that you just mentioned. Uh, but if we get back to the, the list concept, there are lots of reasons to... There's lots of temptation to go nuts because the tools are very powerful and they compete with each other. So they want to add features and features and features and features. Uh, you don't need them all, right? Like at the end of the right. day, from an authority basis, you just need that first thing we talked about, which is like send the email to your list. And whatever frequency it is, start doing that. And that's, that's if if you haven't started and that's like, it feels intimidating because of all of the all of the strategies and tactics and things you have to do. It's like, it doesn't really need to be like that. You can think of it as like blogging or like Gmail. You just go into ConvertKit or go into Drip or whatever you use and you type up your message and you send it. And right. And you, which you can't, you're not actually allowed to do with your Gmail. It'd be kind of, I mean, for, for, I guess, good reasons, spam reasons, but you have, you have to use some kind of, system that allows for unsubscribing and be too expensive to build yourself that wouldn't make sense so yeah so just use one of these things start sending your email start attracting people to the list and once you feel like you're in a you're like okay i got this i got this you know the the bicycle is not the training wheels are off the bicycle is not falling over and you know you're able to ride down the street it's like okay i've got this now let's let's go faster or let's you know what can i do what which one of these tools can I use or features inside of this tool can I use to improve the experience for usually for new people on the list? Usually that's for the new people on the list. And that, like we said, it probably looks like either some kind of podcast tour, webinar, lead magnet, something like that. And then maybe a custom, a short customized sequence that's specific to their current top of mind desire. And then you can sort of orient them onto the list. And that's, that's like, it's one model. It's what I use. That's not, not the only way to do it, but it is simple. It is very, and you know, I don't, I used to have a whole bunch of on-ramps to the highway and that got mm. problematic for reasons that you experienced where you're potentially emailing people five times a day because they signed up for everything at once. Yeah. So I just, I just removed all those. I left the most popular one and there's two other ones that I kind of hid. So it'd be really hard to sign up for all three of them at the same time. Like you could, but it's, pretty rare. And you know, I'm so laughing because you did that. And I went in and programmed everything, <laughs> which you would think we would have done the opposite. <laughs> I did that first. This is this was my this was my come to Jesus like, oh, my, I can't even I don't even know what this is doing. <laughs> you know, it's because there's no like, yeah. if I could write the code, then I would know what it was doing because I could read it. But there's no one place to look when you're using like one of these platforms. There's no one place to look. So you're like, I I don't, I literally don't know. And there's no way to find out what this is, what, what all the possible, the infinite number of paths someone could take through this Plinko machine. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to chop off giant chunks of it that weren't really performing that well anyway. So who cares? And mm -hmm. just focus on a couple of things. That was the way I made it simpler. Well, and I just want to point out here, Drip is, in in my view, is designed for developers or people who have a lot more sophisticated understanding of these tools. ConvertKit is much more user-friendly if you're not, if you don't have a developer brain. Mm, that's and so funny. 
because drip drip was the simple one compared to infusionsoft and now convert kits well, the simple one compared to drip which is true well, I, I, don't, yeah. I, I wouldn't argue with that I think Drip probably is still simple compared to Infusionsoft. Um, you know, it doesn't have as many bells and whistles, but it just depends on what you need. And I know when I made the decision, which is like, I don't know, three years, four years now, maybe mm-hmm. longer, um, I couldn't figure out why I had such trouble with Drip and I, because I was in their Facebook group and I couldn't even understand the questions they were asking. I'm like, I know I'm not stupid. This, you know, this cannot just be me that I'm the only one. And then I realized they were all developers. They were developing things for other people. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's the problem. They're just much more knowledgeable about this and sophisticated about different ways to use it. I need to find something else. And that's how I, how I basically stumbled into ConvertKit. But it is it it there there is a difference, and so what you described is using all the bells and whistles and then pulling back. You know, the other way to do that if you're not already there is learn from us by not doing that. Yeah, and and keep it really really simple. So you start with communicating with a group. Maybe you do the webinar or the podcast, like Jonathan mentioned, or maybe it's just that you you add a a, a PDF download, mm-hmm. and you design a sequence. A welcoming, nurturing sequence around that. Just one, just one download, just one sequence. You test that for a while. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you switch it out for something else. And you start to use tags. Like, oh, this person came to me from that freebie. And so it and it's really helpful if you have multiples. Less helpful if not, but you might want to know which landing page or which um, enrollment box got the highest hit rate because that will tell you something. Is the button designed correctly? Is the call to action strong enough? What happens if I open with a verb instead of something else? And so those are things you can experiment with. And it's so much easier to experiment when you don't have a ton of stuff that it might impact. Yeah, there's. I think there's this desire to like uh, this like not throw away stuff you built like this sort of sunk cost fallacy where you're like ah oh, this this lead magnet's not performing very well so I'm going to make a new one but I'm not going to delete the old one someone might want it I might get a I've gotten a couple of subscribers for it and then now now you're just like growing weeds and yeah. it's like it's like okay if you're not going to tend to these things and you just you're thinking kind of like long tail or something like that like somebody might find this someday I've I've always found that it just becomes uh, it's just not worth the confusion of having it there, you know. So I'm just like either deactivate it or delete it or hide it or something or like put a Z in front of the name so it sorts to the bottom. So it's just like out of your <laughs> That's face. That's my trick. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work in Drip. And, and to your point earlier, like Drip has gotten even more complicated over time. I I think if I was going to start over, I would start with ConvertKit too because you know none of them are perfect. Believe me. No. No, but, they're not. Um, yeah, but yeah, ConvertKit has its moments. But generally speaking, I can understand it, and and I, to me, that's a big thing because I can I, I have an analytical brain, so I can certainly look and see what's connected to what. Um, you can tell yourself the story if you're in ConvertKit. You can see what it's doing. You can see what the automations are doing. You can see what the um, the rules are, which is fascinating to me. Why they have 
automations and rules and why those aren't all the same. But at any rate, you know, once you get familiar with the platform, you can do that. And the way you get familiar with the platform is you start really simple, right? You put your list on there. Maybe you have a tag or two. um, And then maybe you add a download and a nurture sequence around that. And so you start to learn how to use the system in a very simple way that's 100% focused on the outcomes that you want versus all the bells and whistles you maybe could use. Right. Yeah. Okay. So probably, I guess there's one last topic. Maybe it's a little more advanced, but I'll just touch on it so people could, uh, it may be people, because there might be people listening who are already at this stage where it's like, okay, I've got, I've been writing for the list. I do have a lead magnet. It is pretty simple. Uh, I would say the next thing in terms of optimization on your list would be um, pruning as a concept and like how you do that and and why you might want to do that. Um, there's arguments like like maybe you should never prune because even if nobody's opening your email, if if it's if your name is showing up in their inbox every day and they're not, it, as far as you can tell, they're not opening them. I would still want to send to that person uh, to just stay in their mind, but but then there's like, what are they bots? And, and like, it gets pretty expensive when you have a lot of, uh, a lot of bots on there and your open rate starts to go down you start to wonder if something's wrong. And so, so, um, Jason went at length toward the end of our episode, he went into his approach at length. Uh, he and I are both very anti double opt-in. Uh, I won't go into that here, but, uh, the general idea is you can use an automation to kind of listen for people who appear to be disengaged. So if whatever, it depends on your situation, but for me, if somebody hasn't opened or, or clicked on a link in an email for like a month and I've been sending them every single day, it's like, maybe this is not a real person. Maybe this is a bot, maybe. Um, and I've put all my email list through scrubbers and I've taken out all the obvious bots, but you know, supposedly these are all valid emails. Um, but you do want to keep people engaged and you don't want to, I don't know, you might want to keep people engaged. You might want to keep your open rates up. You might want to get rid of people off your list. So you're not in that, you know, upper tier where all of a sudden the price jumps to 800 bucks a month. So, okay, what do you do? So you listen for engagement. It's, this is like, you know, a slightly more complicated than the stuff we've talked about so far, but you, you just have this thing that uh, listens and it's like, okay, uh, every day it wakes up and it says, it's like your assistant every day it wakes up and it says, all right, get me a list of every person on the list who hasn't clicked or opened in 30 days or however many days it's like, okay, here's the list and take them off of the main list, for, you know, for daily, for example, and put them on this side road, right? They take an off ramp off of the highway and now they're on this side road and maybe on the side road you do something like, well, you could just delete them. That's the most extreme. Or you could uh, send them one email. This is what I usually do when I print the list. I just send one email and says, hey, you know, it, according to my email service provider, which is sometimes wrong, uh, you haven't been opening emails or uh, it seems like you're not really, really reading these. Uh, I don't want to be bugging you if this is no longer of interest. So you know, click on this link to stay subscribed. Otherwise, you know, after 10 days or 14 days, maybe someone's on vacation or whatever. After 14 days, you'll just be removed from the list and, you know, no harm, no foul. If you want to resubscribe, you can always do that here link. So that to me, that's like the simplest approach. So you move all these people to the off ramp and 
if if that if they don't respond to that email you know they're not you're just you know what's the term you're just like shoveling sand against the tide right it's like they're not interested well um, except i just want to throw in sometimes you want to do two because the, they might miss the first one but sure yeah but i i agree with the concept yeah if mm-hmm. they're not responding to that they're not interested enough to stay connected right and i and for the record i don't do this in an automated way i go periodically like i'll have a big jump up in subscribers and it'll like push me into a new category price wise and i'll be like <laughs> eh, maybe it's time to prune and so then i'll manually within the system i will manually send this email to a group of people who i i, I grab the group of people i pull them off to the side i send that message and then they either get removed or they end up you know then that, the automation takes over from there but you could easily set up this to just happen every day uh, be an ongoing process um, another or you could uh, just put them on a, a more of a weekly or monthly cadence so they stop getting date for for someone who does daily this is pretty this can be pretty important um, if you people are super disengaged but you don't want to delete them and you don't want to like kind of do this kind of you know raise your hand or you're getting whacked then you can do this like, oh, well, just put them on like a maintenance mode sort of thing where they get an email from you a week or a month, you know, that says something useful, but it's like just checking in or maybe it's a summary email that you do, you know, whatever, the third Thursday of every month. It's like a summary of some of the top posts, something like that. Um, that's a little, that's even more complicated for me than more complicated than I would do, but it's not hard. It wouldn't be that hard. So you well, can kind of downshift yeah, a certain group of people. But it's it's not hard from a an automation standpoint, but you are creating more content. Yeah, so then that's the, thing. the question becomes, yeah, it, are those your people? Yes. And that's that's a different question. Right. You know, th- I think there's a there's a middle ground um, between sort of what we talked about and then pruning, and that's when you start to segment your audience. And different platforms use different words than segmenting, but it's where you start to think about your people in different ways. So, and everybody has different segments. Like a segment might be people who are interested in a particular thing that you're doing. It could be a product or a service, or it could just be an idea that you're playing with, something new. Um, And when you start to do that, when you start to segment, that allows you to send very specialized emails to the people in the particular segments. Right. Yeah, Jason went out at length about that. I do not do that. Um, but he did describe a way that was genius for doing it in a simple way that was pretty cool. So, you know, we we don't really, it would be over the overkill to go into it here because it, it's not so simple that <laughs> a beginner would do it. This It's a little bit more 201, 301 email marketing level, but... You know, it's like he he detects, this is in short, just so you know, if you want to go listen to the Ditching Hour episode, in short, he knows if people have visited a sales page on his site a number of times over a period of time, which would indicate, he decided that, you know, that indicates that they're thinking about it. And he offers those people to a particular sequence that's specific to that product that is, you know, it's more stuff to write. Of course, you got to write the emails in the first place, but it acts like sort of automated salesperson that can kind of help these people decide or learn decide, you know, discover whether or not this thing actually is a good fit for them or what's holding them back. So he can get some really good marketing information, market research type of stuff from those sequences 
response replies to those messages where he can like update the FAQ on his page or he can just manually answer their question or whatever the case may be. But, but that it's just, it's just really simple. It's like, have they clicked on this link to this product three times in 14 days or whatever is, whatever his timing is. And if so, they get yanked off the main list and they get pulled into this side road where he has a different conversation with them, you know, via automation and, uh, and it was, it had a meaningful impact on his bottom line and presumably a meaningful impact on the people that did buy stuff from him and was like, wow. And, and thought, wow, this was great. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I, I use segmenting. Um, you can use it not just for products, but you can also use it for content. So like I have a, I have a podcast only list for people who just want to get notifications that the podcast is out, which is kind of crazy because you get that from your 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 podcast host anyway, but right. um, <laughs> wherever you listen to your podcast, but you know people sign up for that, and so they're in there. And I have so I have a way of of knowing who those are and sending them just that. So there there are ways with content as well. You can use segmenting, and we don't need to talk about it now. I think. I think Jason did a great a great job of explaining different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, I I predict if you go and listen to the whole episode, you're going to want to dive into your, your email system and do at least one automation just to try it out. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good information there. Yep. Yeah. It's it's pretty advanced though. You know, he does like people talk about personalizing messages and they think that means like putting the person's first name at the top. Like that's not personalization. <laughs> Personalization is when the entire message is like, oh, I know this person's a doctor, so I'm not going to say customers, I'm going to say patients. Or I know mm-hmm. this person's a hotelier, so I'm going to use guests, you know, and just like have have logic inside of the thing that personalizes the entire message into the the jargon from their industry. That's And he, he had some staggering statistics about the kind of effect that that can have. It's like so like incredible in the in the sense of like, it made me ask like, wait a second, who did this study? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this can't be real, like 600% lift in sales or something. It's like, really? But you know, we didn't, we didn't go into it too much, but certainly you can go nuts, but just don't start there. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, definitely not. Cool. Anything okay. else we want to talk about in terms of making email work for you? No, I'm just glad we got to talk about this. I was so psyched after I listened to the episode that I just like, I wanted us to talk some more about it. For, th- for this crew. Yeah. Email's magic. I'm telling you. Yeah, it is. Email is not dead. <laughs> not even close. No. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.